This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Theatre nerds, happy 2022. Woo-hoo. Happy February. <laughs> we hope you've had a safe and wonderful summer, fully rested for whatever this year throws at us. And I say whatever, and 
a big fat whatever. <laughs> and if January was anything to go by, uh, there's a whole lot on its I, way. I was making those noises in the background because I don't have a noise maker. You know, I was looking for one of those things with the feather on that you blow. <laughs> that that ro- unrolls. <laughs> because, you know, for us, it's kind of belated Happy New Year because this is uh, officially our first program for 2022. Yeah. We played some best of episodes over the Christmas New Year break and we did our first ever live episode yeah just before christmas Ooh, that was fun that was, that was fun that yeah was bloody fun wasn't it a bit of adrenaline <laughs> <laughs> in case you forgot or, or, or have forgotten a little bit about us i'm mike she over there is mel i am we do backstage which is uh, this fun little theater podcast that covers everything you might need to know about the theater in our backyard all the way through to the west end and uh, broadway as well actually the great white way mm-hmm. if you're joining us for the very first time hey welcome and feel free to check out everything you've missed out on uh, with any and all of your favorite podcast streaming apps you'll find us if you look for us backstage with mel and mike Welcome. Yes, welcome along. Uh, so while I had a relatively uneventful summer, mostly just celebrating HMT's staging of Beauty and the Beast Junior, Mike was gallivanting all over the countryside, rehearsing and performing in uh, 12 Angry Men for 16th Day of Theatre in Tauranga. The pictures look great. It's a great play. How'd it go? Well, if you've seen the pictures, you, you've seen how realistic the set was. It, uh, it looked great. Absolutely amazing set. Yeah. I'd, I wish they could keep it up there for weeks so that people who can just go in and have a look and see what the set looked like. Mm. We got to do four out of uh, our scheduled six performances. Mm-hmm. We had to go into red light halfway through, well, once we'd actually opened. Sure. So uh, for the remainder of the season, we've got the first two episode, uh, episodes, <laughs> first two performances <laughs> under our belt before the red light happened. Then we had to rejig things to allow for audience numbers to fit the theatre so that meant we added another performance on the Tuesday that followed we were going to have Sunday Monday Tuesday off and you did that performance we did the performance on the Tuesday and again on the Wednesday so we had four performances under our belt and Mm -hmm. then we got to the theatre on the Thursday and found that one of our number had been regarded as a close contact at a gymnasium Ah. and had to isolate and test that immediately meant that we couldn't go on does that mean you guys were Close contacts? We are, I think, officially secondary contacts. And as we speak as of today, uh, we're still waiting on final clearance on this uh, cast member who so far has tested negative. Sure. So once he comes out of isolation, which will be Friday of this week, we do have an option of doing one final performance this coming Saturday, which will be solely for a few invited family members and people associated with the production who had not seen Mm. any performance up to that time. That'd be nice. So it won't be open to the public. It probably will be videotaped, but only for in-house use. As a, as a record of what was a pretty fine-looking production. It, the photos looked fine. Yeah. And the costumes are really great. I like the detail put into the costumes. There is some surprising detail put into the costumes. Actually, good yeah. you notice that. Um, the uh, I have to say, you know, from a, from a performance point of view, I have been involved in so many productions over the years. This one was one where a whole bunch of guys, uh, many of whom hadn't met before, got together under the directorship of uh, Liam Hagen, who was also in the cast, to just go where we wanted to with this thing. And we made it lively, we made it bitchy, we made it hot, we made it tense, we made it claustrophobic. Mm. And it was just such fun to be part of a new interpretation of what has been one of the literary classics for such a long time. Oh, it's been done and, so many times. Yeah, and the movie's such a, a, a gold standard about where this should go. Yeah. We gave it kind of a gritty realism, which I'm really proud of. And, I'm, you know, sitting as foreman, 
in the whole thing and we had a big long table yeah i was up the end of the table able to watch all of these other guys do what they do so well yeah and chipping in my few lines every now and again was yeah. was neither here nor there for me but watching the development of the characters in rehearsal watching these guys actually perform and, and coming to see all of them as as friends yeah uh, was a really great experience and, and it's such a good production for 16th avenue to have uh, on their wall as you know one of our productions for 22. It's funny that that's a play, that 12 Angry Men is a play uh, that does that to a group of people. I wouldn't have expected it, but I... You found that as well? We found that as, our cast found that as well. When I I did it in Cambridge a couple of years ago, and we all got really tight as well, and it must be something about the play. I think it is, because if you think about the different characters, uh, nothing about any of those characters indicates that they would be friends with each other as characters, right? No. But as actors... You need to be fully invested in the same vision to make it all work. When you're all on stage the whole time and yeah. you, you know, you're not just there waiting for your next line, you have to be present. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Everybody has to be engaged. Difficult. Everybody yeah. has to be part of the atmosphere. It's to a big it trust work. exercise, eh? I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm really, really pleased I, I can now add that to my CV. Really pleased to make friends with a whole bunch of new people and um, hoping, like hell, that we will be able to do this final performance on Saturday. Yeah. Because for us, that will kind of bookend the whole thing. It will mean we get to have a few drinks and, a, and some nibbles afterwards as well. To say, yeah, uh, final, you know, final celebrate. Kind of thing, because we kind of missed that. Sure, sure. And so while it's tinged with some sadness that we weren't able to finish off with the final three performances that we would have had Thursday, Friday, Saturday... Mm. You know, if we can wrap it up that way, it'd be nice. But we did get four under our belt. And as Liam said on uh, the night that we had to close the doors, um, you know, we got further than a lot of people have. I think about the That's likes of point. Tauranga Musical Theatre three times now have tried <sighs> to stage Les Miserables. I'm heartbroken. And they one. can't do it. Yeah, heartbroken. You know, they've, they've rehearsed themselves to oblivion with it. And, you know, that's heartbreaking. They're only a week so, away from opening. Yep. And, you know, so many of us have been in that situation in the past and facing it again this year. And I think back to you and I at the end of 2021, sitting here recording one of our final episodes of Backstage, saying, well, 2022 is going to be so much better, isn't it? (laughs) Well. (laughs) I've learned not to say things like that. Couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) Although I think it's going to be interesting to see how the next few months evolve. Um, and as a lot of people have also said in comments and social media and so on, and the groups that you and I are a part of, mm. we can't not continue. We can't stop doing what we do simply because we're afraid that it may not happen. You know, yeah. we started uh, rehearsals this week for Geezers. Yep. I did my first blocking on Sunday, just gone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we are forging ahead. That's going to happen for us at the end of March. Yeah. In our heads, you know, we can't see any other outcome, but, you know, we'll take whatever happens on the way. Same with yeah. Blood Brothers. That's coming up in, you know, on stage in May. Mm. But I do think that by the time we get to around about June or July, we, I think, collectively will have learned ways to live with whatever's happening around us and we will find ways to make our art happen. Well, we already are, aren't we? It's yeah. already... People are already finding... It does bring up the subject of, you know, the vulnerability of casts and things like that. And that's a terrific segue into something we're going to touch on a bit later with, you know, understudies and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to that discussion. Yeah. uh, Just to carry on the heartbreaking note uh, of shows that got cancelled. Can we please talk about how heartbroken we are about the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival? Oh, God, yeah. I'm so sad for you, Jeff. Yeah. You can just see his little face. It, it, it's well, the, everybody involved with HGF, Um Although I think, you know, the fact that they 
got the news before they started setting things up they dodged a bullet in terms of some of those costs but yeah. you already know and um, you know we've alluded to just how eventful the whole month was um, that's just gone with January the Omicron outbreak um, the cancellations galore but HGAF is really for our region I think one of the most important because it covered so many different performances by so many different artists in so many places well it was so on the forefront of our minds you know last year with the the crowdfunding and the yep. fundraising and you know every, there was there had been this massive effort to make it happen yeah the the kind of upbeat though I spoke to Nick Walsh Friday last week yeah and he said well as I just said they dodged you know some of the costs were set up mm. they are adopting the same attitude that we just mentioned you know we've got a forge ahead we've got a plan for 2023 now yep. we've got to still assume that we're going to we're going to do the very best that we can to make things happen and if, yeah. if we get knocked down once we'll get back up well, we'll we always get knocked do. down twice we'll get back up yeah yeah resilience absolutely with HCAF in particular, it hasn't just affected hundreds of performers and technicians that are out of work. It's the audiences too, the, the potential audiences. The audiences who just, thousands of people who don't get to be exposed to some of the country's best touring productions and live acts. I'm so sad. It's a bloody awful I feel so sad for the Waikato right now. Yep. For those of you listening from outside of New Zealand, we've uh, in this country been moved to the red setting of our covid traffic light protection system right so uh, we've got three different levels of coping within the omicron situation mm -hmm. life is going on for the most part with lots of mask wearing and high vaccination rates but one thing that's suffering is what we've just been talking about live music live performances theater events in general whether they're in open air situations or in buildings they've all taken a knock and we've all got to start thinking about other ways of maybe doing what we do yep um we're, so at the moment we're restricted to gathering limits of 100 people, which means anything with an audience capacity over that uh, has cancelled or postponed. Uh, I think Mike mentioned that Tauranga Musical Theatre had to outright just cancel their season of Les Mis, about yeah. to open in a week's time. They were due to perform at Baycourt Theatre in Tauranga, which has a capacity, I think, of about, uh, probably wrong, but I think it's about 1,200. Yeah. They did look at kind of partitioning that off and trying to make it work with groups of 100 but mm. the um, venue hire costs and the operational costs of trying to do it in there meant that economically they just in the end couldn't make the numbers work they yeah. would have lost a bundle of money by trying to pursue it so they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They've already lost a bundle of money. North Shore Musical Theatre's uh, Season of Wicked has also been cancelled. Ozilla Carlson's show at Clarence Street Theatre in Hamilton has been cancelled. Chris Parker's gig at the Meteor postponed I think that's the second time for him yeah societies all over the place are simply choosing to at this moment not stage anything at least in the near future for some it will be a decision that affects their whole year well putting on a show to have it not go on can be a massive bank breaker for the smaller societies yeah. uh, so I definitely get that choice and I suppose it's it's not the worst it could be ever, but it's definitely dire times for the arts. You know, and like we've mentioned already, we are a resilient bunch, and I'm inclined to think that the arts will, will persevere. It will come back better than ever before, because it always does. I do believe that, yeah. It leads us nicely into celebrating and planning for the arts and the theatre that is still coming up around the place soonish, as we understand it, bearing in mind this is subject to change. <laughs> yeah, as it is right now. Yeah. At the Meteor, Collect is curated by Hannah McFarlane and created by seven local choreographers. That runs on February the 2nd and 3rd. And Elsie, directed and choreographed by Lily Empson, is scheduled for February 9th. 
That's one of the Boil Up projects, as is Wish I Was There, written and performed by James Smith. That's on February 11th. And uh, the last one we have for the meteor is Drag Up Your Life, presented by California. That performance date is February 12th. Over at Rivoli Theatre, HMT's season of Mamma Mia is finally opening this coming Friday and runs until February the 19th. Playbooks are rehearsing for Geezers by Tommy Lee Johnston, that's directed by our Mike, on stage in April. And HMT are also about to start rehearsing for Blood Brothers, the musical that's on stage in May. Clarence Street Theatre can confirm that uh, Shrek the Musical, directed by Nick Wickinson, is still on the books for April 26 to 30. And Friends, the musical parody, again, this is about the third time they tried to schedule that, Uh is scheduled for one night only, May the 6th. Navarra Lounge has a few little bits and pieces popping up, including their open mic night every Wednesday night. Their doors open from 6pm and bookings to perform are essential. Taroha Little Theatre's uh, Death and Taxes by April Phillips has been rescheduled again. They're planning later this year for that, fingers crossed. Gaslight Theatre in Cambridge have Conjugal Rights by Roger Hall. That's coming back in April of 22. That was rescheduled from last year. And The Things I Know to Be True by Andrew Bovell will be auditioning in early 22 at some point. Butter Butter Dramatic Society have any port in a pandemic written by local man Richard Previtt. Very prolific playwright is Richard. That's on stage April 23rd to the 30th. In Putaradu, the theatre players there are doing Moonshine, the musical. That's in April 22 as well. Thames Music and Drama have Mamma Mia, directed by Diane Connors. That is uh, due to hit the stage in May. Rotorua Musical Theatre have Song Contest, the almost Eurovision experience. That's directed by John Drummond and hit the stage in March. Lakes Performing Arts Centre, also in Rotorua, have Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, directed by Natasha Benfell, and that is opening on February the 4th this week. Tauranga at the 16th Avenue Theatre have The Life of a Funny Girl presented by Drag Race Down Under star Anita Wiglet. That's on February 26th. Also in Tauranga, Detour Theatre have The Hard Case Hotel opening March 24th through to April the 9th. Also in Tauranga, Tauranga Musical Theatre have That Bloody Woman coming up. It's directed by Daryl Nitschke hitting the stage in April. They just had their auditions on the weekend. I understand they got a big turnout too. Nice. Tera Fakatane, The Last Five Years, directed by Sam McLeod, February 24th to 26th. I wish I could see that. And School of Rock, the musical, directed by Sue Harris, opening April 27th, running till May the 14th. Up in Auckland, Auckland Theatre Company have Grand Horizons by Bess Wall. That's directed by Jennifer Ward-Leland, opening on the 8th of February and running until March the 5th. After that is Lysander's Auntie by Trick of the Light duo Hannah Smith and Ralph McEwing-Howell. Auckland Live have come from away, hopefully still playing at the Civic Theatre in Auckland from April, featuring the Australasian Touring Company. In the way of upcoming auditions and opportunities, Rotorua Musical Theatre have just put the call out for creative team for their 2022 season of The Colour Purple. Uh, you can follow their Facebook page for details on I'm how so to. I'm so excited to see that. Oh, great, great town to do The Colour Purple in. Uh, oh. I'll be going to say it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Drooling. I was uh, in communication with Bobby Mihihawad from Rotorua Musical Theatre over the weekend. I said, oh, wow, you guys, you're doing Colour Purple. Wow, mm. how great is that? And she said, yeah, they're, they're really trying to find shows that speak to the community that they're in yep. and uh, hoping that they'll get a response. She said the support from neighbouring 
societies has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, people, everybody's excited to see that happen. What a great move for them. I think it could help put them on the map a bit more. Such a good idea. Yeah. There's a whole lot to look forward to in 2022, but as we said, it's subject to change. If mm-hmm. there is a show or audition opportunity that you would like us to spread the word about, we are more than happy and excited to do it. Email us backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or just let us know when you see us around next. Find a way to get in touch. We will put it there. I was working in the circus with my boyfriend. I was flipping from a high trapeze. I'd fly off and he'd always catch me. Everything was going perfect in the circus until the day he dropped me and then dropped me for the tattooed lady. She broke her leg in seven places. I did watch the tattooed lady take her place and lost my job, lost my way till at last I bought cafe. It seems that every single guy that I know has another lady on the sign show. So our girl's a fragile egg. Don't you break her heart or break her leg. Don't you. I met a plumber on the metro with the tool belt. He was kind of bald but good and bad. Stalking all come later. Don't you treat her like a tape recorder. She's not a waitress who will take your order. Bring your food or fill your refills. Except when working at the windmills. It seems that every single guy that scrolls by doesn't stop until he controls my every thought, every move. Are you just the same? Can you prove that you? other miserable but 
You know, I think she understands me. I don't know why she would. I understand she may not even feel the same. I love her, and I don't know her name. Here's her number and address. Amelie Poulain. She's probably waiting for you at her home. There you go. All good now. Enjoy. You don't recognise it yet. Musical of the week is Amelie, featuring the one and only Samantha Barks. You are backstage with Madame Mike, and it's just occurred to us to tell you that ATC's productions will be going ahead with a limit of 100 people, and they will be observing one metre distancing as an added precaution. Here's what the team had to say about the upcoming production, directed by Jennifer Ward-Leland, Grand Horizons. I was going to say there's nothing fancy about Nancy, but um, she's, she's got secrets, I think the play is really brilliant. It's a great sort of insight into family relationship, a marital relationship. It's very interesting as you get older with your children because the roles reverse. And having had control of the children for such a long time of their lives, suddenly they're assuming control and it becomes quite uncomfortable. On the surface, it looks fine. But it's very clearly not. You know, they, they don't talk really to each other at all. I understood all of the characters immediately. They jump off the page. I can't wait to see what this group of actors is going to do with them, to be honest. Annie Whittle, oh, she's an iconic Kiwi actress. Isn't she? Yeah. Get up to, oh, I'm going to, wow, I'm going to do my I'm best. I'm a big fan of Annie's. Me too. She's, she's such so, a versatile performer, you know, oh, she's, she's a beautiful. singer, she does, does it she all. Say, oh, yes, yeah, she was in Blood Brothers, the uh, the the Kiwi recording of Blood Brothers. Well, was she? Uh, I didn't is, know I'm that. pretty sure Annie Whittle David Toll is the narrator and all that. I think so, yeah. yeah. Cool. So get up to Auckland to see her in Grand Horizons. Yeah, do it. Now, speaking of something being well worth the trip, here's a scenario. What if you had booked tickets for several hundred dollars, not including your travel and accommodation, to whip over to the United States to see Adina Menzel in the role of Elphaba in Wicked, and then told on the day that the show's on that Adina is in isolation from an Omicron scare and a swing would be appearing in her place. How would you feel? Yeah, you, you might be a little bit disappointed, as I would be too, I think. Uh, and with that in mind, I thought we might dissect the understudy and the swing so we can understand a little bit better that the performance quality doesn't change between performance and a Broadway cast. I'm glad you said Broadway cast, actually, because this really applies to often, well, most often Broadway, but more in, often in, than in not. professional productions around the world, there is often the need to safeguard the financial investment by um, companies looking to make a dollar out of it. Well, the show has to go on. Yeah. To ensure that roles are suitably covered should emergencies happen. Emergencies could be injury, mm -hmm. death, sickness, pandemics. <laughs> Any of the reasons that you might take a day off work. But in community theatre, of course, you're lucky sometimes if you can fully cast a show and we don't have that luxury. It's 
pretty rare, and I think probably only in about three occasions I can think of that I've been involved in a musical, especially mm. where a principal role has had an understudy of any sort. It's so uncommon that I think um, you know it makes me a little bit scared <laughs> when I think about it. And I wonder whether maybe some societies will start rethinking that. I think as they will. Forward. I mean the. Understudy used to be a little bit more common, didn't it? In years back in the day, years gone by. Yeah. I know that we, when we did Heathers last year, we cast understudies. We were lucky enough to have a big turnout where we could do that. Yeah. But I would be reluctant to do a show without understudies in the current climate. There's so much at risk, isn't there? Yeah. And um, when it's just even, even if you don't, even if there's no COVID, be your lead actor the night before opening has a throat tickle. It's a full-blown cough the next day. Once upon a time, you know, you're going to go on and you're going to sing, Jesus. I don't care how sick you are. But absolutely not. You don't come in. No, we don't you do, don't do that. So there's an entire paying audience. But it makes you also think of the other things beyond that. You know, um, slip out a banana skin, you know. Um, all of leg, that. Injuries, of that. yeah. I, I recall seeing a long, long time ago in Hamilton, a um, production of a Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Mm. It's sort of been in the very early 70s, where the person playing Pseudolus actually had a leg injury, spent several performances in a wheelchair with a cast on his leg. Oh, yikes. While he still went on stage. But as we move ahead into the 2020s, and dealing with things like pandemics and that mm. sort of stuff, I think a lot of societies now are going to be saying, well, let's cover our bases. And that's where understudies and swings come in. You may not understand off the top of your head what the difference is between them, but let's just go through that. As the next wave of COVID is hitting the West End of Broadway casts, understudies have suddenly found themselves needed everywhere with very little warning. And as an example, Greg Arundel had been playing the role of Jacob Marley, the deceased partner of Ebenezer Scrooge, in a production of A Christmas Carol at Beaulieu Abbey. And then several of the cast, including Scrooge himself, came down with COVID. So the director, Abby Wright, pulled Arundel aside and asked him to step up and play the great festive miser Whoa. with <laughs> little or no preparation I even imagine. Almost, yeah. so in, in preparation for anything going wrong the entire cast already had roles they were ready to cover but Scrooge was not one of Arundel's and he hadn't learned it he was however persuaded to try out some lines and some scenes I think he went oh, I actually know more of this than I thought I did so he agreed to give it a go uh, how was it Arundel said, I don't really remember the first two shows. They were an absolute blur. They must have gone well, though, because he played Scrooge for the rest of the season. And as Omicron raged over Christmas, there were dozens of shows that were cancelled. Were it not for the intrepid actors like Arundel, many, many more would have had to shut down. Mm -hmm. Understudies and covers are the people in the background. And until they are called upon, you don't think about them. But in reality, in the professional environment... They are the backbone of the show because uh, they are the last, <laughs> kind of the last defence, yeah, if yeah, you like, yeah. to stop things falling apart altogether. And there's lots of people, Broadway stars, that have come out and said, you know, we couldn't do this if it weren't for the swings and the understudies. So some shows have covers or swings. So these are performers off stage who can cover, who can cover a wide range of parts in the ensemble, as opposed to understudies who are part of the ensemble and then they step out of their ensemble roles to play the lead and that's pretty so, demanding in its own right but when you think about what a swing or, or a cover does they have so much more to learn they, they probably know 10 roles each yeah and all of the dance routines all the different moves mm -hmm. and if there is any you know couple of lines of dialogue here and there they need to know all that as well plus understand how the whole show goes together yep 
after Christmas, when every one of the leads in the West End jukebox musical The Drifters Girl came down with coronavirus at the same time, the show was quite honestly saved by the covers. Mm. It was amazing, Ethan Davis, uh, who was about to make his West End debut as singer Johnny Moore said. Uh, he said, I, I'm an offstage cover. So I'll be in the dressing room during each show, just on standby. That was his role. <laughs> just be ready to go on. But I've now been on eight times in a week. So for guys like him to it's get that a, opportunity. It's Yeah. It's his shot. Uh, swings generally find out whether they're going to perform three to four hours before curtain up. But sometimes a show might be half done. when, Like we've mentioned, something happens on stage, they fall over, or their voice might not be feeling it, or something's happened to them. And like we've also said, for smaller productions, uh, swings and understudies just aren't always an option. Not always viable. Here's a really amazing story. I love this one. Mm. On Christmas Eve last year, Stacey Coleman had just finished her lead role in Jack and the Beanstalk at venues in Whitechurch and Ellesmere Port. After the show, which, by the way, she also directed, uh-huh. Coleman got a call asking if she could cover for Sleeping Beauty at Norwich Memorial in Cheshire since COVID had laid low some of the Panto's cast. Now, did that mean that she spent Christmas Day learning Princess Aurora's lines between her meals? You better did. Yeah, sure did. Uh, that part, so her playing Princess Aurora lasted until t- the 29th of December. Then, the next day, Stacey Coleman received another call, this time from Oldham's Queen Elizabeth Hall, which was having its own problems with Sleeping Beauty. Coleman had already stepped in there, playing Carabus on a day off from Jack. Now they needed somebody to play the comedy role of Wally. Stacey Coleman says that putting on a good show with understudies is all about team effort she said i couldn't have gone on without feeling like everybody had our backs the whole time and it takes that to go on and cover you simply can't do it alone yeah and i agree you know everybody has to be there to save the show and that's what happens in a good cast they they all switch into high gear they make it happen yep Justin Lee Jones uh, had a similar experience when he covered for the role of Sven, uh, the all-singing, all-dancing reindeer in Frozen. He got called in on New Year's Day in the West End. You can only see the floor, he said, of the puppet contraption the actor is required to wear to play the part. You can't look up, otherwise the reindeer's head is going to stick up in the sky. There's a lot of trust on stage between Sven and the other actors around you. Now, it's also important to know that Jones is a swing, so he covers for nine roles among the frozen ensemble so you get it what happens is usually you get a text every day to, to say what the setup of the show is going to be and if you're a swing you may get told tonight you're doing da 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 yeah so say a principal member is on holiday uh, a member of the ensemble would fill in for that person and then all the other swings have to cover all the other gaps as well so uh, one change can mean like three or four changes through the ensemble that's right in the case of playing Sven, uh, it's incredibly demanding, as you would imagine. So apparently you have stilts on your hands, like crutches, and then you've got these extended feet, which also have stilts, with an extension on your toes. As well as holding your own body weight, you're also carrying the head, which weighs uh, about 10 kgs, and, and the rest of the body, and at times a ukulele and an axe. Plus, it gets hot in there, so apparently there's an aircon machine inside. I did not know that. So he's carrying anywhere from like 30 to 40 kilos around on stage with them. That's huge. Yeah. Plus a ukulele and an axe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shows as big as Frozen can only happen, though, because of swings. They have to learn everything so that they can just 
slot in. Mm. The audience shouldn't actually notice anything different. And in fact, the best compliment for an understudy is for people to say, oh, I didn't even notice that you were on. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even see you there. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, though, because you think, oh, really? <laughs> well, I did such a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over Christmas, and you probably, heaps of people saw, saw this, it went viral. A clip of Hugh Jackman went viral during the curtain call for The Music Man on Broadway. Jackman told the audience about his co-star for the evening. The leading role of Marion, usually performed by Sutton Foster, was instead covered by swing Kathy Voitko. by our incredible director Jerry Zaks. You still said yes and you stayed and you were here with us for a night that I can promise you is unprecedented in Broadway history. And I understand how disappointed you all must have felt. Sutton Foster is one of the most beloved people in our industry and she is honestly one of the greatest actresses, singers, dancers of her generation. Marion Peru is definitive. However, tonight, the reason I'm out here talking, and shut me up, I talk about two, two <laughs> is I want to pay tribute to my leading lady tonight. study for Sutton Foster. She's also what's known as a swing in our business. Now a swing a swing covers up to 10 roles. So they all know and learn 10 roles. Kathy, when she turned up at work at 12 o'clock could have played any of 8 roles. 8 roles. <laughs> the leading lady found out at 12 noon today and at 1 o'clock she had her very first rehearsal as Marion Peru. time we've never known. We're in our fourth preview. We're all just sort of learning. So swings and understudies have not had a chance to learn. They watch from the corner of a room while we rehearse, while we get to practice over and over again. They just get to watch and write notes. And then five hours before a performance, they're told, you're on. By the way, you've got a wig fitting. Go. <laughs> so all of these people here, the swings, and I'm emotional because it humbles me, the courage, the brilliance, the dedication, the talent, the swings, the understudies, they are the bedrock of Broadway. And I want to thank you. Wear capes. 
preach today and tonight. Thank you for opening your hearts to Kathy and everything. Thank you. Thank you. Be kind, have a great holidays, and remember, always think about the minuet in G. <laughs>
Backstage with Mel and Mike, either live on Free FM or from your favourite podcast streaming app. And that song was Where Do We Go From Here? From the original Broadway cast of Emily, which of course is our musical of the week this week. Well, I suppose we're about that time, aren't we? Well, that was my cue to you, actually. You <laughs> cunningly worded invitation to tell us everything you know about Emily. Okay, well, uh, first I want to start with, I'm really sorry about my French pronunciation. It is nowhere near as uh, smooth as Mike's over here. So (laughs) I will do my very best. So Amélie is a musical based on the 2001 romantic comedy film with music by Daniel Messe, lyrics by Messe and Nathan Tyson, and a book by Craig Lucas. The musical premiered at Berkeley Repertory Theatre in September of 2015. Then it opened on Broadway at the Walter Kerr Theatre in March of 2017 and closed in May of 2017. A substantially transformed production with new orchestrations and an expanded repertoire of songs plus new staging in the actor Muso style opened on the West End in December of 2019 at the Other Palace. Critics praised its improvements on the Broadway version with The Guardian describing it as quote, a triumph of adaptation while the Daily Telegraph lauded the, quote, wonderful, wistful evening it made. That production was nominated for three awards at the 2020 Laurence Olivier Awards, Best New Musical, Best Original Score or New Orchestrations, and Best Actress in a Musical. While times may be hard for dreamers, dreaming is all Amélie Poulain does. After surviving a tragic and isolated childhood, Amélie heads out on her own, joyfully finding her way through Paris and making friends from all walks of life. Suzanne, a trapeze artist-turned-cafe owner. Georgette, a hypochondriac tobacconist. Julien Dufail, an artist with brittle bone disease and many more. Through a chance discovery, Amelie finds a child's box of treasures in the floor of her new apartment and sets out to return it. After her success and the joy it brings to its owner, Bridget Doe, Amelie resolves to anonymously do good for those around her. Most importantly, Amelie finds love in the form of Nino, a mysterious young man and his photo album. Living in her imaginary world of make-believe and whimsy has been safe, but Amelie knows it's time to step out of her dreams and find joy for herself. And I won't give you the rest of the story's ins and outs, uh, so you'll have to check it out for yourself. Did you see the movie at all? No. Oh, you should watch it. It's, 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 it's a beautiful movie. It was quite famous in its time. I think yeah. I was a bit young for it. I had a, a poster from it, which um, adorned one of my walls at home way yeah. back in the day. Uh, it was just such a, a tremendously... Um, beautifully crafted movie it had such a lovely feel to it yeah and performances that were subtle yeah um moving it was a great movie in its own right and i can imagine if that translates to the stage this would be a a musical that i think would touch many i think it has been received very well so I won't give you the rest of the stories ins and outs, but I can tell you Amelie's premiere at Berkeley Rep was directed by Pam McKinnon and starred Samantha Barks in the title role of Amelie. In a pre-Broadway engagement running from December of 2016 to January 2017, Philippa Sue took over the role of Amelie. 
Uh, you will know Philippa Sue from Hamilton. She yep. plays the main Skylar sister. Uh, the cast for the Los Angeles and Broadway productions includes Adam Chandler Barrett, who we know from the original cast of Next to Normal. Amelie played at the Galaxy Theatre in Tokyo for a limited engagement from May to June of 2018. In what was probably the most notable professional production, Amelie premiered in the United Kingdom at the Watermill Theatre in Newbury, where it ran from April to May of 2019 before embarking on a UK tour. Uh, That production was directed by Michael Fenterman and is noted for using the actor-muser approach where the actors themselves provide the musical accompaniment a bit like once. The original Watermill cast included Audrey Brisson as Amelie and Chris Jarrett as Nino. This production was nominated in 2020, like I mentioned, for three Laurence Olivier Awards, Best New Musical, Best Actress in a Musical, uh, and the Best Orchestrations. Um, The show's album was also nominated for Best Musical Theatre Album in the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards in 21. So it was just last year. That production transferred to the West End at the Criterion Theatre with its first performance on the 20th of May, 21. The majority of the original London cast are reprising their respective roles, including Brisson and Jared as Amelie and Nino, respectively. So I think they're playing on the West End right now. Cool. There were planned Finnish, Australian and Dutch professional productions, but like with so many other shows, COVID has made short work of those, so those just have never opened. And really, uh, unlike usual there isn't a whole lot to say about Amelie other than it's a quirky musical with quirky characters uh, and catchy tunes it's very much still in its infancy infancy of creating its own history and and the history it will have and the life it will have with community theaters and um so it's just in its baby days really yeah yeah. it's unusual but we're in unusual times as people keep saying yeah normally after this number of years you would see a show as, as you know having had well-established professional career yeah. in West End and Broadway and uh, now starting to be done quite openly by um, community groups around the world. So that will be a little bit delayed, like a lot of other shows, so I imagine, that have been popping on Broadway, still being performed uh, in their second life there before they will be released for I think amateur so. use. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's all you had to say about that then? Yeah, very briefly. <laughs> all I had to say about that. Okay, well, definitely my interest is piqued because I'd love to... The movie. Well, if you love the movie, I'll it had great atmosphere. It's in worth it, listening to I the show. Definitely want to check out the soundtrack and find out whatever I can on YouTube about yeah. it. You're right. The tunes are catchy. What I've heard so far, I like very much. Mm-hmm. Easy listening uh, on the commute home and yep. relaxing with a glass of wine or a beer while you listen to it at home. Once you get there, mm. uh, and that about puts a full stop on our very first episode of 2022. What? Are we up to that time already? We are just about there. We oh. must be. Uh, don't forget that the entire backstage back catalogue is available on accessmedia.nz, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a whole lot more. Oh, we have had such a jolly good time back in the studio with you. We'll be looking out for any and all of the theatre-related news and opportunities that we can get our hands on before next week. Mel will be sharing all of our new content on our Instagram story and Facebook, so look out for that coming up there. I've been Mel, he's been Mike, and you have been backstage. Stay classy, theatre nerds. Oh, it's so nice to be back in the saddle. We are going to bow out now and leave you with Halfway from our musical of the week, Amelie. Stay safe out there. Wear your masks. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. Be kind. See you.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.